Hey, hello and good morning, everybody. Welcome to Restore to Life Church. Me, Pastor David, pastor here at our house church. Uh, welcome, everybody, as um, we're going to continue a sermon series on uh, the subject of sin. Uh, today, we'll be covering that uh, Jesus came to free us from sin, never to condone sin. Okay, sin is never, ever condoned. But before we get started, uh, a few announcements. Hey, if you would like to give, we would appreciate any amount that you are able to give. Uh, the links are down in the description, so please check them out. Um, PayPal. Um, so PayPal is probably the easiest one, uh, especially if you're watching uh, from overseas. But we also have Venmo. Cash App, hey, options to give. But, um, you know, this ain't cheap to do. isn't free to do. And uh, I love to do what I do, and we love to do it, and we love to come to you live and uh, produce quality content, but we need your help, so thank you so much. Um, also, we do have a Veterans Life group, uh, so it was supposed to be on the countdown, but, you know, it didn't upload fast enough. But we do have a Veterans Life group. It's also on um, Google as well. Uh, so the church is also on Google as well as the Life group. Uh, it's Corpus Christi Veterans Life Group. Uh, so check it out. So if you want to find out how to, you know, get to us, we are on Google, uh, both of those, Restored Life Church and the Corpus Christi Veterans Life Group. Why is this important? Uh, because, you know, we veterans, you know, we need to unite um, tight-knit community. Um, we know once we leave the military, we're still a tight-knit community. And we're here to reach out at me as a veteran, uh, three years, uh, three years, three combat tours in Iraq. I dealt with PTSD. I still deal with TBIs and a lot of other stuff. So, hey, I'm not somebody who doesn't know. All right, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, got the expert badge, all of that. Uh, all, and also families are welcome, too. So it's not just veterans, but it's also families. Yes, yes, spouses and children are welcome, Okay. You know, we're a family. Um, I'm married, uh, obviously, because I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be married. Um, I've got children. So, hey, bring them all. All right. I got a barbecue grill out back. Uh, more than uh, happy to uh, to turn that thing on and start barbecuing. Hey, we, we had a barbecue last night here, uh, you know, with the, you know, in our with our family. So, hey, we come out, hang out, barbecue, some, some meat, grill up some stuff and, you know, do some <clears throat> veteran stuff. Anyway, I'm kidding. Anyway, and then don't forget about the podcast. Yeah. If you don't know, there is a pod. I do a podcast um, uh, weekly. So it's Monday through Wednesdays at 4.30 p.m. Central. Why do I do that? For you, to help you to supplement um, church. You know, mo many most people just go to church on a Sunday or watch it live stream on Sunday. But you should be part of a local body, by the way. Um and so I do this podcast to help supplement you during the week. So I do it Monday through Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Uh, Tuesdays are uh, is usually when I air interviews. Uh, so I've got some great ones coming up for you. But, hey, check it out. All right. Uh, also, the podcast, uh, which is called Restoring Your Voice, I probably should have said that, um, is wherever podcasts are at, Spotify, um, Google, um, Apple Music, uh, where else? Uh, Amazon. So anywhere, anywhere podcasts are played, you can find it. So, so, hey, you can listen to it while you're driving or, or doing yard work or whatever. Okay. Um, also, today we'll be taking communion. All right. 
Why? Because the Lord said that um, to do this in remembrance of him as often as we do it. So we should do it often. Um, so if you want to, uh, here's your chance to go get your communion elements um, to participate um, with us. Um, uh, also, so coming up on April 14th, uh, 414, and I don't have uh, Esther 414 in front of me, but it's basically that. And it's going to be the day of not ashamed of Jesus day. All right. So I think that's on a Thursday. Um, so oh, turn the mic around. Uh, it's on a Thursday. Um, so don't worry. Next week I'll be having hopefully a wireless mic hooked up. But anyway, uh, so, so why not ashamed of the gospel? So I'll be doing a special podcast episode on that day about not ashamed of Jesus. All right. Hey, I love it. We shouldn't be ashamed of Jesus. We need boldness. We need to represent Jesus, proclaim the gospel, right? The Bible commands us to, to be ready to preach the gospel in and out of season. Amen. All right. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a special podcast episode on uh, April 14th. All right. Um, and I believe that there's a website and this is started by Dr. Michael Brown. Um, I don't have um, I don't have the website in front of me, uh, but I believe it's not ashamed of Jesus. I don't know if it's a dot org. But anyway. OK, so all that out of the way, all that out of the way. All right, finally, announcements are done. <clears throat> um, so, like I said, today we're going to talk about sin, continuing the sermon series on sin. Amen. Not a very popular subject to talk about, but one that should be talked about. And, you know, the Bible mentions sin quite a bit. It mentions how we should live. It mentions often the, the difference between um, the righteous and the wicked. All right, this is biblical. What I'm preaching on is not is not uh, judgmental, not critical. It's biblical. Because why? We God expects us, all right, to live righteous lives. All right, He He gave Jesus to make a way, you know, not not to condone our sins, make us comfortable in our sin. Oh, don't worry, uh, He's He's doing a good work in you. Yes, He is, no doubt. Okay, but we we are commanded by the Bible to be holy as he is holy. He says, it, be holy as I am holy. All right. He would not tell us that if it was some impossible task. All right. And Jesus will hold us accountable one day for the choices we make. So if we choose to say, ah, I'm okay with that sin. Guess what? We're going to be held accountable for it. All right. The good news is, the good news is that obviously there's a way out. There's a way to live free from sin. No longer to be a slave to sin. All right, that's the good news. All right, the gospel is not simply Jesus came to save us. All right, what did he come to save us from? Sin. All right, he, he, he because why? When we're under the grip and being slaves to sin, we are condemned. That's why, why do you think Jesus said he didn't come in this world to condemn him? Why? Because we're already condemned living in sin. He's not going to come to condemn. All right. He, he came to set us free. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All right. But he also said, no man comes to the father except through me. What, how is that? That means we've come to Jesus, right? We recognize our total depravity. We recognize that without him, we are lost. We're unable in and of ourselves to save ourselves. And we have zero goodness in and of ourselves 
at all. All right, I know the world says, oh, so-and-so is a good person, so-and-so is a good person. Do people do good deeds? No doubt about it. All right, and I will not dismiss the deeds that they do. But those deeds will not get anybody into heaven. Only one way, through Jesus. That means we bow the knee. All right, we confess Jesus Christ, you are Lord. Right, but, but we also we only like to say Savior. No, Jesus is not Savior unless he is our Lord. Did you get that? Let me, let me say that again. Jesus is not our Savior unless he is first our Lord. Unless we first bow the knee and confess with our lips that Jesus Christ is Lord. All right, that, that means we will not be saved and will not enter the kingdom of heaven. But once we do that, he will, he will set us free, amen? He will set us free. He will give us the power to live righteous and holy lives, to be salt and light of the earth. Amen. And if you missed my, my uh, sermon series, as I went through Matthew chapter 5, which I, I, I dove really deep into this, you need to go watch it. Go check it out. All right, but but um, you know what? Let's, let's I'm going to read from Psalms 1. So um, I, it's going to be on your screen. Um, so so let's open up and, and read it so we can get a good idea of what does the Bible say about the subject today. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night, all day, all the time. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly will perish. Lord, we come to you in prayer today, Father. We, we invite you into today. Lord, we recognize without you we're totally depraved. Lord, give us, give, Lord, convict us in, in any of our life, any area where we have compromised. Open up your word today, Lord. We ask for your understanding, your wisdom, and your knowledge, Lord. Because your word says that the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of this. So, Lord, Lord, help us today. Help us not to compromise, Lord. Lord, may your word shine brightly to us today. Let this message that I preach be your message and your message only. Move me out of the way in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, let, let's get down to it now i said that jesus did not um come to condone sin right but we got to set the stage first first we got to set the foundation which is the first truth is not everyone is a christian i know shocker right but, but let's see what jesus says first before i do in matthew 7 13, verses 13 through 14 he says jesus speaking by the way enter at the narrow gate for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who are going through it. Notice Jesus says many are going through where? Not the narrow gate. Because small is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life. And there are 
few who find it. Not 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 something um, often taught in America anymore. Not something preached in American churches um, anymore. So not everybody is getting into heaven. Not everybody that sits in church is getting to heaven. Why? Because you know what? Going to church does not make us a Christian any more than going into our garage makes us a car or going to Burger King makes us a burger, right? Going to church does not make us a Christian. You know, um, but what else is say? Oh, I, I was raised in a Christian family, right? Right, with this whole deconstruction uh, rubbish going on these days, right? People say, oh, oh, well, I, I, I left the faith, right? When you start asking these people, oftentimes they'll say stuff like that. Oh, I went to church all my life. I was raised in a quote-unquote Christian family, right? I don't even know what that means. You know, unless everybody's a believer. But being raised in a quote-unquote Christian home does not make you a Christian either. Any more than, I don't know, being in a dog kennel makes you a dog. No, making a choice for Christ. Making that choice, that conscious decision saying, Christ, I will live for you no matter the cost. I will live for you because you died for me. I, I, I will live for you. I admit I am a sinner, filthy, rotten, wretched. Cleanse me from sin and all sin and unrighteousness. Cleanse me from iniquity. Right? The Bible says, who shall send to the hills of the Lord? But he who has clean hands and a pure heart, the psalmist writes. So not everybody is a Christian. Not everybody who claims to be a Christian is Christian. When we dismiss the value, the truth of this word, right? When we fail to live by it every day, then we are we cannot merely we cannot say we're a Christian. We might be a nominal Christian, right? We we might be one of those, right? Nom in other words, Christian in name only. That's a good acronym one day. Christian in name only. Anyway, right? In other words, we say, but our lives never reflect it. I'm talking about things like what if a, a some sort of a private detective agency was hired to investigate your life? Would there be evidence in court to say you're a Christian, right? Or are you comfortable with your sin? No. What 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 Jesus do you believe in, right? And Jesus says, you know what? Come to me. Don't worry about that whole sin issue. Or Jesus says, go and sin no more. Do you believe in the Jesus of the Bible or Jesus of your own making? What is your decision? Because we cannot live in sin and be comfortable with it. All right. God and sin don't mix at all. All right. Sin is the stench in the nostrils of God. See, when we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts us. When, when we have God in us, when we have Emmanuel, God with us, Sin now becomes something defiling to us. It makes us sick. Not that we live perfect lives and we'll never ever sin again. 
Though, let me just pause and say it is not normative for a Christian to sin. But we don't, we're not comfortable in it. We, we want to repent. We feel broken. And we want to seek forgiveness. And, yet, and if you think I'm, I'm somehow uh, spinning tails... But this is, this is an illustration that God uses often, this, this illustration of two paths, right? An example of this would be in Deuteronomy 30, 15. Uh, See, today I've set before you life and prosperity, and death and disaster is one. And then, and then other times, um, God would use the illustrations of choose this day, right? And then, and, and, or, or the two mountains, right? And these dichotomies, uh, choose life and death. Right, blessings or cursings, right? We we see this in, in Deuteronomy, right? As Moses is now at the end of his life, and now he's giving final instructions. And, and he gives this out. If you do this, you'll receive the blessings. But if you do that, you'll receive the curses. And then we saw we, we can see that through this word where how that played out. We we saw where the children of Israel lived in sin, lavished in sin, loved sin. Did they did they receive a blessings for it? No. What did God do? He cursed them, right? He destroyed their temple. Had them taken into captivity. And we somehow think that doesn't apply to us anymore. So somehow we think that 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 it's okay to live in captivity. That, that it's okay to live being a slave to sin and still have the, the chutzpah to identify with Jesus. No, no, no. Sin and Jesus don't mix. So let, let me, if you think I'm still spinning tails, let, 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 let me give you some examples of Jesus' views on sins. Now, this is not an all-inclusive list. Right, you need to study the word for yourself. All right, one Sunday sermon is not enough. By the way, that's like that's like eating a, a meal one day a week, and then the rest of the week you never eat. Anyway, these are some of this is Jesus' views on sin. Just just some of these things that uh, Jesus said. Right, um, that that's probably not very recognizable to to the American church today, but. Matthew 15, 16 through 20. Jesus said, are you also without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters at the mouth goes into the stomach and is cast out into the sewer? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immorality, thefts, false witness and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands is not defile a man. In other words, it's what is in us that, that, that defiles us. Right? Not the outward appearance. Right? So and so. I don't know about that person. They don't, they don't dress in a tie on a Sunday. They don't do this. They don't do that. And we, we try to put external and it's the internal that, that something that's within us that has defiled us. The sinful heart when you are an unbeliever. 
when you're not in the kingdom of God, before you get a new heart, right? And the Bible makes it clear that if we come to God, right, he will give us a new heart, right? And his law will be written on our heart. So now I don't apply that the heart is wicked above all else to Christians, all right? That is not applicable to saints. This is applicable, though, if you are not a saint. Today, you might be pricked and you might come to the realization that, no, you are no longer a saint. Or you are not a saint, not no longer a saint, but you, that might be the case too. You might you might come to the realization today, wait a minute here, the list that you just read off, I've been doing that. Sexual morality, let's just, let's just run with that one. Not that that's, you know, the only sin or the biggest sin, but it's a pretty big sin these days. People think I can I can be addicted to, to pornography, and yet I can associate with Jesus at the same time. I'm not talking. I'm talking about in addiction that that sin controls you, or that that it's okay to be not unmarried. You know what? You know, like I'm going to test drive my 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 hopefully you know my girlfriend or boyfriend. No, we we don't take people for test drives. We either make the choice to get married, or we make the choice not to marry them if we make the choice not to marry them no it's not okay to have sex with them sexual morality these days infecting the church views maybe maybe gay is okay after all no it's not that term sexual morality right because i know many people say well jesus never said it was you know homosexuality was wrong no sexual morality covers any type all right, watching porn, lusting after another person, uh, adultery. Uh, so, so, so having sex with somebody who is not your spouse when you're married, fornication, having sex prior to marriage. Yes, homosexuality, bestiality. Uh, I'm trying to remain G-rated for little ears, but we can go further than that. If you want to know a. a there is a comprehensive list on sexual immorality in, I know, something called the Bible, right? Leviticus 18 and 20 specifically, by the way. Um, evil thoughts. Wait a minute. I can think evil thoughts and that's a sin? Hey, I don't know. Jesus just mentioned it here. Yeah, evil thoughts. You hate a person. You think evil thoughts of them. They come and pop into your head, man. I hope something bad happens to them. Or I, I hope I hope they're not living a good life. Or man, I, I hope they whatever. Right in defiance of the very scriptures where God says to love our enemies. That's just one example of evil thoughts. All right, how about false witness? We we see that all the time today, right? Especially now that we have social media, so anybody out there can create anything and say anything they want to, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna diss this person, right? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take video clips of them so i can take what they say out of context right now i'm bearing false witness yeah it happens all the time right how, how many times do you hear a story that somebody has said right about somebody and you run with it you don't check it out you don't verify it oh you must that must be right so and so must be i don't know uh nar or, or hyper charismatic or whatever it may be you never check you never see for yourself, right? And what do you do? You start bearing false witness as well. Something God hates. Something God actually calls an abomination in Proverbs. 
Here, some more views on sin. Matthew 16, 24 to 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay every man according to his works. Yeah, we will be repaid for the works we do now. If we work for the kingdom, or we work for the world, or we work for ourselves. One day the Son of Man is coming back, and he will judge you. He will judge you for your sins. He will judge you for, the, for your rejection of, of the real Jesus. When you thought that I could follow Jesus, but yet I could go over here and sin as well. I'm following Jesus, but I'm going to go over here and get drunk. I'm going to follow Jesus, but yet I can over here and, and smoke me some marijuana. I, I can identify with Jesus, but yeah, I've never once... Never, ever once evangelized to anybody. I can identify with Jesus. But I better keep quiet at work about being a Christian because it's a hostile work environment. I might get fired. And yet Jesus says, if you deny me, I will deny you before, your, before my Father in heaven. What would happen right now were you to stand before Jesus? What would, what would, would he deny you or not? Do you deny Jesus at all? I'm not saying you got to go out there and be the next Daniel Kalenda or the next Billy Graham. That's not what I'm saying. You do you. God made you specifically. And you don't have to look like everybody else, but do you even ever mention Jesus? Or, or how about when people come along with those dirty jokes and you laugh? You stay a part of that group. Things like that. What, what, what works? What works show that you're a Christian? We're not saved by works. All right, we're justified by faith in Christ alone. However, faith without works is dead. Do you have a dead faith? Have you done anything for the kingdom of God? Or do you just like to say you're a part of the kingdom of God? Saying it doesn't make it so. I can say I'm Superman all day long, but if I go up to my roof and jump off, I guarantee I'm going to fall flat on the ground. I can say whatever it is I want to say about myself. You can say whatever it is you want to say about yourself, but where is the evidence to back that up? Where is the proof? Where is that holy boldness? Where is it? Is it in your life? Matthew 13, 41 through 42. The Son of Man shall send out his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who do evil, and will throw them into a fiery furnace. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, that's sinners. Not saints. There's a difference. He shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who do evil. Sin. That's sin right there.
What if Jesus came back today? Hmm? That's the real deal. What if you drew your last breath today? Where would you be thrown into? For those of you who don't think hell is a very real place, it is a very real place. Trust me on that. The Bible says so. What what would happen? Hmm? What would your place be? How would you be judged? But you know what? We we like to say, you know, I'm dead in sin, but it's okay for me to sin. I'm dead in sin, but it's okay for me to to not live like it. Let, let me tell you, there, there's a difference between sinning and being controlled by sin. What's the difference? When you're controlled by sin, it's something you do regularly. It's something you say, I got to get free from. And I don't doubt it when people say that, by the way. I, I have no doubt when people say, I don't, I, I don't like that, what I do. I want to stop it, right? But wanting to and actually making decisions two different things, my friends. See, I already told you. Back up here in um, Matthew 24, right? If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Yeah, we make the decision. You know what? I'm going to deny my wants, my desires. All that. I put in the back. I'm looking forward. It's not easy, but I'm going to make the decision to do it anyways. It may cause me to be rejected. Right? It may, it may cause me. It may cause people to cut me off. from. from but I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. I might get, I might lose a job, but you know what? That's okay because I'd rather lose my job than forfeit my soul. Here, here is some, here, now here, here, here we get into the Bible, right? If we are dead in sin, then we do not live in it, right? It's like being pulled out of a sewer, right? Why would you go back to it? Or, or, or if, or, or homeless, right? Right? We we're homeless before Christ, right? We don't have a home in the kingdom of heaven before before Christ comes, or before we 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 come to Christ. We're homeless, right? I don't know if you ever seen any, any of those videos. Um, you know, some will take they'll take in a homeless person, right? A homeless man, we'll just use that scruffy looking, dirty, clean him up, give him a new haircut, new clothing, looks a completely different person. Why? Why, but yet, why would that homeless person go back to the streets and go back to being ragged? Same thing with us. Why would we do that? Why, why would we do that if we have been set free? Here, Brother Paul writing. Romans 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God is okay with it. No, the Bible doesn't say that. It says, God forbid... How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that he, we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? See, that, there, there's the evidence right there. There, there is the evidence. Did you die 
Have you truly crucified your flesh with your lust and desires? Did you die today? Paul writes elsewhere, I die daily. And if you did choose to do that, praise God. But if you did choose to do that, then there should be an evidence of newness. No longer are you the same person anymore. You were one way, now you're another. I, I'm reading that. Elsewhere, Brother Paul writes, right, that we are a new creation. Right? Behold, old things have passed away and all things have become new. The way we think, the way we talk, what we watch, who we hang out with. Our language, everything about it becomes new. Is there evidence in you? Are you walking in that newness and the freedom of from sin? Right? But what we what we like to say now it's the freedom of sin. No, it's freedom from sin. We don't like to hear that. We don't like to do that today. Grace does not give us a license to sin. Continuing on, Romans 6, now 11 through 14. Likewise, you also consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you should obey it, obey it in its lust. Do not yield yourself, your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourself to God as those who are alive from the dead and your bodies to God as instruments of righteousness for sin shall not sin shall not have dominion over you if you are not under the law for you are under the law but under grace yet we, we preach in God's grace I can sin by God's grace no by God's grace I no longer sin by the very grace of God I am free from what used to control me. My life, for example. Right? Not that I'm perfect in any way, shape, or form. But guess what? God's doing a work in me just like he, he'll do a work in you. The point is, I was one way. Right? Trapped in PTSD. Angry. Bitter. Raging. And more. A man of violence. All that and more. And then I came to Christ. I came to the foot of the cross. Christ came in me. Cleansed me from my sin. As when I, when I, All I had to do was say, Jesus, it's your way. I give my life to you. And he took me. He took me. He stripped me of my filthy rags. When I was filthy in sin, Jesus took me, stripped me of my filthy rags, and cleansed me in a robe of righteousness. Because that's the power of God to set men free. That's the power of God. But so we got to make a choice. Right? We either yield to sin or to God. There's no, there, there's no two ways about it. There's no middle ground. Let me make that crystal clear. There are certain things that there are no middle ground over. We, we have plenty of things we can, we, we can debate about. We can disagree on. That's okay. When is Jesus returning? Preacher, mature, post-trib? I don't know. 
I mean, I know, I know my beliefs, but point of being is, guess what? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. What was creation six days, six thousand years, six million years, six billion years? I don't, whatever. Things, things like that. You know, um, women in leadership in the church. We can we can have a healthy disagreement on that, but it's a non-salvific issue. This, what I'm talking about today, however, is salvific, all right? This is orthodox. In other words, the, the Christian biblical beliefs, what we believe. This is orthodox I'm preaching today. This is normative Christianity, in other words. We, we, cannot, we cannot yield to both. Now, now, there are times, right, probably more times than we would like to admit, we fall sometimes, right? We do that, right? I, I don't want to make this beating people up, but we all fall sometimes. But you know what the Bible says about that? So I remember in Proverbs, but I think though the righteous fall seven times, right? What happens? They get back up. They don't stay down. They don't stay that way. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you right now, you got that mentality about you. No wonder you're still living a sinful lifestyle. I just read to you right now how it sets us free. The grace of God sets us free from sin. Verse, let, me, let, me, let me highlight verse 14 again for you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. We're not under... Sin doesn't have dominion over us because we're under grace now. The law only had one purpose only and one purpose only anyways. And you can flip a few chapters back to, to, to read about Paul saying that. I believe it's in Romans 3. Right? Where the purpose of the law was to show us what sin is. To expose sin in our life. That, that was it. It had no other purpose. So, so... What do we do when we sin? I thought, uh, brother, I thought you said we're not to sin. We didn't have a dominion over us. Well, we're still not perfected yet. Bible makes it clear, right? He who began a good work in us is faithful and just faithful and just to complete it till the day of redemption. Yes, we have been redeemed, but the day of redemption hasn't happened yet either. But we, but that doesn't give us a license to sin either. That doesn't give us a, give us an excuse in our sin. So when we do sin, because it's going to happen, and that's just the way it is. It's just it's not normative in our life. We don't say, oh, "Okay, well, you know what? I just messed up." Ooh, ooh. Let me, let me put it to you this way, right? The world system, right? We, we steal money or, or okay, let's use a, a veterans as an example, right? Say, as you've probably seen in the news, right? Veterans who try to try to uh, defraud um, the VA, right? The Veterans Affairs, right? They, they fake some kind of injury, illness, or, or whatever it may be. Um, or, or I've seen stories now that people faking... Uh, service faking deployments so they can reap benefits. But what happens? What happens when they get caught? 
I didn't say if they get caught, when they get caught. What happens? Right? They have to pay that money back. They, they probably will go to jail. Why, why don't... That's the same thing as a Christian. In fact, we should do it even all the more. And Jesus makes that abundantly clear, by the way. Right? He says, if you remember a wrong that you have against your brother, right, leave your offering at the altar and go make right. Right? That means we may have to pay it back. But, but you know, we just like to say, I'm sorry, right? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Well, we, we stole money, but we could just say, I'm sorry, and everything's, everything's okay. But we don't like that part about having to make reparations if, if possible. To make right. To actually, well, you know, I, I said this thing to that person, perhaps. I offended that person. I, I was nasty to them. It's one thing to confess to God. But what about confessing your sin and asking for forgiveness for the person that you offended in the first place? That's, that's doing the right thing. But that's Christianity 101. If you, I'm, I'm, I'm under the unction of the Holy Spirit. If right now a, a a wrong has come to mind, or you wronged another person, I want you to stop watching this right now. I want you to go make right with them. If it's an email, write an email. If it's a phone call, phone call. Text message, text message. Private message. Any way that you possibly can make right with that person. Now, I'm not going to say what their response will be. But at least make the effort to do the right thing and make reparations with that person right now. This is biblical. If you remember wrong right now, leave your offering. Leave it. And go make right. And then come back and watch it. That's just biblical Christianity 101. And we don't do that. That's, that's why there's a lot of church hurt out there. Let me say that. I believe that's why there's a lot of church hurt. People refusing to make reparations. People refusing. People so high and puffed and lifted up. Oh, I'm pastor so-and-so. Look at me. I'm above you. Don't you? And they, they don't bother to apologize. Let, let me tell you, none of us is going to get it right. All right, we're all going to say and do things that shouldn't be done. I, You know, you know what saw this church hurt? This is what I'm, what I'm preaching about right now. What I'm telling you about. You know what, you know what solves church hurt? It's called humility. Realizing that no matter who you are in the body of Christ, no matter what position or calling or gift or office you hold, right, we are all servants of Christ. That's it. And as servants of Christ, we should seek unity. As servants of Christ, we should have the humility and say, you know what, brother, sister, I was wrong. Maybe, maybe I was wrong for preaching that message. Maybe, maybe, maybe you got to do it to your congregation. Preach the message. It, it was of the flesh, not of the spirit. Humility. I, I believe that would also solve a lot of church splits. I've been seeing that um, a little bit lately about church splits. Humility and reparations. Realizing that we are finite. We don't have full understanding. We only understand in part, know in part anyways. And we, 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 we should be willing to make reparations, not split. That's what the world does. The world splits. You know, the whole cancel culture going on. Oh, 
you said something I didn't like, you did something I don't like, right? Now, now I'm going to completely do away with you. And yet, why is that cancel culture infected the church these days? You don't believe me? And it has. Why do you think church church splits? I'm going my way. You you stay your way. I'm going to cancel you out. No longer are we we're going to be in 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 a communion, right? We're no longer going to be in brotherhood, family of Christ. Why? Because lack of humility. Yeah, you know, apologizing sucks sometimes. It really does, right? It's it's a humbling experience to do that. And it may hurt. I'm not going to lie. I have, I've had to do it. All right, I, I had to do it for, for uh, getting the Trump prophecies wrong. All right? I had to make reparations. I had to apologize. Right in public, right social media in public, blast it out there for everybody to see. Right, I had to take down. Um, I just had to take take down, take videos down, stuff like that. Yeah, apologizing, you know what? But it's got to be done. It's it's better to. And I'm going to warn you right now. You apologize, repent. No, you know, don't 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 wait till you get caught. Now you're forced to do it. Don't don't do that. I'm warning right now. There's enough of that going on. All right, that's the last thing the world needs to see. And I and it's breaking my heart to see it happen. To see people getting caught in this. I just saw where a pastor, I can't remember now where, but after years of an investigation, right, they caught him for child pornography. Years of investigation. And, and during this investigation, right, because as, as they did their computer stuff and IP address and all that, they, they asked him, what's, what's going on here, right? Is something going on in your church? Maybe are you doing it? And the whole time he denied, denied, denied. He never wanted to make right. Crazy. Now, I'm not saying he, he, he would have been redeemed uh, to be a pastor again. But at the very least, he could have come and said something to somebody. But he had to wait until he got caught. And that's a blemish on the body of Christ. Not just that church, not just that pastor, but the, but, but the entire body of Christ. It's a very blemish on the name of Jesus. Now, trust me, this is stuff I see. But if we realize that sin wasn't normative, guess what? We'd, we'd solve a whole lot of problems. So what, what is this, or what's the orthodox belief? What, what is it, of, why, why is that important? All right, because orthodox, all right, I'm not talking about like Greek orthodox or Russian orthodox, I'm just talking about, the, when I use the word orthodox, right, it's what Christians believe, right? It's, it's these beliefs that we hold to, that we will not budge on. So in 1 John, um, verses... Five through seven. This then is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Wait, let me pause real quick on this real quick. All right. It says we lie. All right. Right. Something I've been highlighting Throughout this whole message so far, you know, we're a slave to sin. If we're controlled, we're walking in darkness. 
if we hate people and think that's okay, if we refuse to forgive other people, I'm not saying, saying forgiveness makes everything right. I'm not even saying forgiveness is easy. I might even say we don't have to forgive over and over and over again as long as it takes. Until that person pops into our head and we say, man, I hope that person's okay. Until we can do that, I'm not saying it's easy. But these things and more, right? We refuse to forgive, we're liars. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Now, if you walk in unforgiveness and refuse to forgive people, you're not. The Bible makes that abundantly clear. If we do not forgive others, our Father in Heaven will not forgive us of our sins. Abundantly clear. All right, moving on. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. Notice what it says here. Let me highlight this. We have fellowship one with another. Christianity 101, Orthodox, being part of a local body. Let me tell you right now, if you ain't, if, if you think you can live as a Christian yet not belong to a local body of believers, a local church somewhere, doesn't matter, mega church, small church, house church, doesn't matter. I'm not saying what type of church. I don't even care. Presbyterian, um, uh, Baptist, non-denominational, Pentecostal, Anglican, Episcopalian, and more. Lutheran. I probably offend a whole bunch of people. Oh, you, you shouldn't like those people. No, brothers and sisters in Christ, family, fellowship. You don't have fellowship one with another. Um. And you and somebody has highlighted it to you, and you keep rejecting it. I'm not going to be the judge and jury of everybody's heart and so salvation or reasons why. But if you don't, if you don't have fellowship, I'm, I'm I will say that you are in serious danger. Serious, serious danger. Please be. We we are a family. And we need one another. Amen. But we must admit and. You know, confess our sins, right? Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So I so said that we must confess our sins. We must be willing to admit when we sin that we sin. If you're watching today, if you're a sinner and you're not saved, or maybe you know for whatever reason you were, you left, or you're not at all, and you thought you were, confess. It starts with confession. That's a biblical concept. Brother James says that confess your sins one to another. Man, I tell you right now, under the unction of the Holy Spirit and based on the Word of God, some of you out there are sick as hell right now. You're sick as all get up because you refuse to confess your sins because your sins have infected you. I'm not saying all sickness is, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Please hear my heart. I'm not saying all sickness is because of sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying some of you, some of you are sick because of your sin because you refuse to confess it. It's eating you up inside. Like I said, I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying because you everybody you're over, you're sick because you're sinning. Everybody out there, I'm not making a blanket statement. I'm not. 
But um, under the oxygen of the Holy Spirit, and you know what? I don't care how long I go today. This is just a really important message, and I can't I can't mess around. So I'm gonna flip over here to the to the book of James. My pages are sticking together, so bear with me here as I as I get to as I get to Brother James here. I'm gonna get to it. Don't worry about it. No, that's Hebrews. Bear with me. There it is. Told you. All right. Let's see. So, here in the book of James, let me flip this over. There we go. My pages were sticking together. Let's see here. Ah. Watch this. Context here, right? So James 5.13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any is uh is anyone is anyone married? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Oh, there it is again, the emphasis on being part of a church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Wait a minute here. There's a correlation between living in sin and being sick at times? Absolutely. I just read it to you from here. The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man have, uh, accomplishes much. I know we just love to say, and I believe, don't get me wrong, I fully believe in, in praying and fervent prayers and righteous prayers. I believe that fully uh, for all prayers. But, but here, this is talking about healing and, and confessing sins and receiving healing. Yeah, let me, let me get that one more time. Some, some of you need to get this in your head. Confess your faults or sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So based on the very holy word of God, You need to have somebody to confess your sins to. You need to have a local body of believers to confess your sins to for them to lay hands on you and receive healing. Amen? Part of the biblical. If you're in denial of that, that's sin. Don't do it. So, starting to wrap up. Starting to wrap the sermon up. Stick with me here. You don't want to miss it. And it's heresy to think that we have no sin. Yeah, that's right. So it's a it's it's unorthodox. Right? The Orthodox believes if we have no sin, we say if you're sitting out there, I don't need Jesus. I'm okay, my sin. Brothers and sisters, I'm warning, that's heresy. That's a heretical belief, is it's all get up. And or or that we have not sinned, or that we have no need for Jesus' forgiveness. Verse 10, right? That's heresy. We need it. Every single person ever born needs it. Also, verse 9 does not imply sin is normative in the Christian's life. John wrote it so that we may not sin at all. Because back in his day, as I was 
studying for this sermon and using uh what i'm trying to look at back back in my bookshelf the, the moody the moody commentary right which hey if you don't have that urge you to get it. it's a great 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 bible commentary back in that day gnosticism right which is called new knowledge right which is kind of what we have infected in the church today with these new revelations of scripture that's a whole nother sermon right had infected it and part of gnostic belief system was that we human beings do not sin and we don't have a sin in us that was part of the gnostic beliefs of the day when, when john wrote this in, in around about 90 AD. So, so this was something a, a, a heretical group of people was believing. So we see, we, we've seen today, or we'll see here now, sorry, but uh, that if we do sin, right? Again, not normative, then there's a solution. So as we wrap this up, we got off of the solution to sin today, right? What is the solution? I know I preached on a bit of it today. Right? But, but, but how do we do this? How, how do we wrap this up and do this, right? It says, my little children. So 1 John 2, verses 1 through 2. Should be up on the screen. Got to get my slides up there. Anyway, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you do not sin. Once again, not normative. John is writing these instructions so that we don't sin. But if, notice it says if, right? It doesn't say when you sin, if we sin. Um, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice, or some of your translations may say, he is the propitiation for our sins. So, atoning sacrifice. So, for, for those of you who may have struggled with that big word, you're welcome. And not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. We have a hope when we sin. If, you have, if you're a sinner today, you have a hope. Bottom line is, everybody has a hope. Now that doesn't mean it gets applied automatically. It means that we have to make a decision to live for Christ. But we have to make a decision to be willing to die for self, to die to self. We come before the cross, the solution that's offered to every single person out there is offered to you. Right now, the Lord is extending his hand to you, right? Or standing at the door knocking, as the Bible says. Jesus is there and he will set you free from sin, believe me. I was trapped in alcoholism. I crawled into a bottle. Decided, yeah, I thought that was the best way. Might as well just numb the pain. Trapped in pornography. Gripped with it. Guess what? Jesus set me free from all of it. You know what? It doesn't matter the sin. Because the blood of Jesus, that atoning sacrifice that he made for every person, is more than enough for all sins. Come on, say it with me. Say all sins. Because I know there are people out there, you know, get very ashamed. But it's not about shame, guilt, and condemnation. It's not about that. It's about being redeemed. The, ver the, the, 
the unbelievable redemptive power of Jesus. Yeah, I like to say it's unbelievable because I'm like looking at myself, you know. Like, God, he really redeemed me? This guy right here? Yeah. He's redeemed son of Sam. Did you know that? The serial killer. Yeah. Oh, how about how about another guy? Ah, the Apostle Paul. Who's partook in murdering Jewish believers in Jesus. Now that he, he decided, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go hunt him down. So I, I like to say, Brother Paul was a bounty hunter, right? And yet he became what is considered, and I'm rightly so, the greatest apostle. What are you waiting for today? What are you waiting for? This is the day that the Lord has made. While you draw breath in your lungs, you have a chance to be redeemed. Maybe you are saved today. But you know what? You did something. Whatever it was. Jesus can redeem you from that too. He, can, he will forgive you for it, by the way. Oh, your brother, you don't know what I did. <laughs> have you read what people did in this Bible that God forgave them of? Have you, have you read this thing? Have you seen the redemptive power of God Almighty? Did, have you read these stories of the redemptive power? Brother David, a man, he was called a man after God's own heart. Did, have you ever read what he actually did? The dude committed adultery with one of his best friend's wife and then sent him to the front lines to be killed for it. Because he wanted her for himself. I mean, I mean, he went to build a temple for the Lord. And the Lord said, no, Brother David, you can't. You got too much blood on your hands. Your son Solomon is going to have to do it. And yet, Brother David is still said to be, in the Bible, a man after God's own heart. How is that possible? The dude was a abysmal failure as a father. So much so that one of his sons decided, you know what, Dad? It's coup d'etat time. Or, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm taking over, Dad. You've been running things not, not so well. And yet, still call a man of God. How is that possible? Because that is the redeeming power of God. The power to set men free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There is no God of the Old and then the New Testament. He's the God of the Bible. The God of Genesis to Revelation. Is there anything too difficult for God? Is the question I pose to you today. And the answer is no. It's Jesus. Will you come to Jesus today? I, I, it's not guilt and condemnation. If you messed up, probably recently, come to God today. I, I don't want you under guilt, shame, and condemnation. That, that does nothing for us. That's not biblical. But maybe you are under shame, guilt, and condemnation because you're in the world, of the world. Come to Jesus. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, we, we come to you. Father, we confess our need for you. Lord, I'm gonna pray for people. You 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 pray how you need to pray. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna put some sort of uh I don't know list or something. You you pray. You come to God. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be formal. You you pray how you gotta pray. But I'm gonna pray for I'm gonna pray for every person out there. I pray, Lord, every person listening, Lord. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, conviction fall. Holy Spirit, conviction fall today in the name of Jesus. Lord, Father, you said, you said that, Lord, we only come to you because you draw. No man comes to you unless you first draw us. And I'm asking you to draw the people to you today. Draw people into the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Draw them into the kingdom, Lord. As people come today, as, and, and for the people, Lord, who are in the kingdom, but, man, they messed up. Whatever it is they did. Oh, Lord, I pray for them right now to break the shame, guilt, and condemnation off them. As, they, as the blood of Jesus covers all sins, wipes away all sins. Let it be so today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, like I said, you don't have to pray anything formal or say something. Hey, you know what? When I, when I, when I, got, when I came to Christ, I was... Sitting in a in a red recliner we used to have. I just admitted my need for him. That's what I did. I, I admitted my need for his truth and to rely on him. And it's a life-changing moment for me. So let's do this in remembrance of Christ today with this communion. Hey, I said at the beginning about communion. So if you're listening to this, because this will be uploaded to audio podcast later on. Hey, if you're listening to this on audio podcast, hey, go ahead and take the elements. It's okay okay but but the lord says to do this as often or do this as i'm getting it all messed up as often as we do this we do this in remembrance of him right and remembering what what is it that we're actually remembering though we're remembering the sacrifice of jesus the only way to heaven we're remembering his blood shed for us remembering his body that was broken for us. We remember that through the power of the blood, we can receive healing from our sins, first and foremost. So by his stripes, we are healed, right? First and foremost, that applies to, to our sin, right? But I also believe that can apply to physical healing as well. I also believe that can apply to our to mental health as well. That pretty, you, know, you, know, you know, I love Brother Peter's writing. He, he writes to uh, fellow believers and he says, by your stripes, you were healed. Amen. You were healed. Your healing has been purchased. We remember that our healing has already been purchased. Like I said, our healing first and foremost from our sins and our healing for any sickness that we may ex be experiencing or may come upon us one day. I don't believe that there's special power in taking the elements. But we, we can remember that. Remembrance is important. You know that? Remembrance is, 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 is important. It's throughout the Bible. Like, well, why do you think the Bible says says, says uh, crazy things about, you know, meditating on the law day and night? Well, how do we meditate now? Because we remember it. Let, let, let's, let's do this. Um, let me see. I'm going to 
find it in my Bible. So this is a new Bible, so <laughs> bear with me as I as I get to it. We're gonna get to the uh there it is, the Lord's Supper. Oh, praise God. So let's take this. Let's take the first element. All right, kiddos. Here you go. One, two, three. So it says, when he gave thanks, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the element. In the same manner, he took the cup. After he had supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. And you kiddos go. And say, Do look at that often, it says, which means we should have regularity. I have to do it every week or every day, but it should be a regularity taking the Lord's Supper. It's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful, beautiful, holy gift. Beautiful. So I know it's, I'm going over an hour today, but I, this was just too important not to talk about today. So next week, I'm going to continue this sermon series. I'm going to continue the sermon series next week. We, we need to learn the importance of this. We need to be able to live free from sin. And we need to take sin seriously. I pray that, that this message today blessed you. Um, if it did, this is a blessing to you watching this online. Hey, why don't you, um, why don't you uh, donate if this is a blessing to you? Three ways you can donate, once again, last time, in the description. Amen. So God bless you, everybody out. I went long today, but hey, thanks for sticking in. Love you. Bye.